Hi, welcome back to the Inside Looking Out. It's me, your boy, Clem Smith. I'm here again with uh with B and Max, and we're welcoming we're welcoming uh Mr. Green. And say hey, Mr. Green. What's up, guys? How's it going? How's it going? Uh, V. Yo, Max. Hello, sirs and ladies. All right, and um, you know the topic tonight is is friends and friendship. And do we actually have them? And this was actually uh, Mr. Green's topic. He wanted to he wanted to speak on this. And this is basically his baby, so we're gonna let him have it. And he's running the show tonight, guys. All right, guys. This is Mr. Green. What I really want to talk to you about is friends. Define friends. Do the friends that you have are they real friends? That's a good question. How do you know? How do you know? I mean, especially in here, like, you know, I've I've had people who like, who just kick it with you all the time and stuff, but it's like they're really just trying to get something out of you. Like the whole thing's really a scam. Yeah, everybody's uh brother. What's up, brother? What's up, How you brother? doing, brother? You're my brother. You know, when I think about brother or family members in general, you know, that's like about as close as you can yeah. generally get. And uh, those strong words, strong words, weak ass man, <laughs> Captain <laughs> Insano. <laughs> Do the actions back it up? All right, so tell us more, Mr. Green. If if this if that's the case, all right, let's 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 look at this way. All right, say you're a junkie. You like doing drugs. Uh huh. It doesn't matter what type of drug, whether it's marijuana, ice, spice. Spice. What is spice for those not initiated? Yeah, those not everybody knows about spice. I mean, well, I, I, paper, I, I, I guess it's. I guess it's going around. Synthetic marijuana. I'm sure y'all are all the potpourries and the sprays and the, the videos of people swimming in their own vomit. Backstroking, if you will. Breast you know that, that old bag. All right. So say. Uh, Say one of y'all have a friend, and y'all both like to smoke marijuana. It's my kind of friend. Hey. Or is it? Is it your friend? Uh, is it? I would say so, yes. Or is it? I don't think drugs define friendship at the end of the day. It, it can be a character flaw if you get addicted, but I don't think it determines, you know, well, you how gotta, real your friends uh, are. you got to define addiction just like you got to define a friend, because I mean, if you're all sitting All words there, have definitions. What if you're sitting there broke all the time, and you need money for something, but yet you have a friend still trying to talk you into buying stuff that you shouldn't need? That's irresponsibility right there. Or you just tell them to fuck off. Yeah, that's also true. But you keep hanging around with them, and you say that's your friend. Then you're just being retarded. I mean, they might be. You know, everybody's I'm got saying, their problems. I, like, yeah, I think uh, we don't want to use the R word. That's, a, that's an offensive <laughs> thing. So... Uh, but seriously, I think friends, uh, there's, there are different definitions to friendship. And ultimately, depend, the first thing we have to do in order to determine whether uh, someone is our friend is uh, do they have our best interest at heart? And I don't think you can have anyone's best interest at heart until you have your own best interest at heart. So sometimes you'll have, quote-unquote, friends that, uh, that will, like, like Mr. Green was saying – um, 
engage in some activity that both of you are think is both of y'all agree is enjoyable, or y'all both both might uh, uh, like what's going on, but ultimately it's a destructive behavior. Ultimately, it's something that is not useful to your to your long term uh, sustainability and benefit. So. Yeah, that's, what, saying. That, that's what I was saying. I think it depends on, you know, is what you're doing abusive or not? You know what I'm saying? Because you can have drinking buddies, but that doesn't mean, you know. Well, again, you have to define what abuse is. I mean, I think I think it works like this. You know, like too much. If overdoing it. If this person who is claiming to be your friend, you know, whether they are or not, um, if they know that you're struggling with something like. If they know that you've had alcohol addiction that you're trying to overcome, but they're constantly bringing it around you, trying to tempt you with this thing that that's self-destructive to you, then no, you, you might want to look at that person and be like, you know, this person clearly doesn't have my best interest in mind. This person is not a friend. Now, if it's just, if it's not a behavior that's actually destructive to you and I mean, like, if you pulled out a fucking bottle of liquor right now, I'm going to be like, buddy, my motherfucking homie. Uh, most definitely. I, I agree to the same thing. But I don't uh, really have those kind of issues, you know. But, like, if I did and you pulled out that same bottle, then I'd be like, God damn, you're a cause for concern. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you what. All right, the, um, marijuana for some of the United States is already illegal, uh, already legal. Uh, yeah, God. some states are still illegal, but they're they're in the process of making it illegal across the United Colorado, States. Colorado, I'm on my way. Yeah. All, right, all right, all right, and then you have alcohol, which is legal. All right. right, yeah, of course it's illegal to anybody under a certain age. So let's go to something that is very illegal. Look, but let's, even even before then, but let's before we go, go far, go into things that are really illegal. For all of us, when we get out, we'll be on probation or parole, and everybody in our situation, whether or not it's legal or illegal, it could cause us to – it's a violation of the rules that we are going to yeah, have imposed no, upon us. No drinking. You know, no drinking. Upon us. Yes. Yeah. Imposed upon us because of the decisions that we made. We have to make reparations to society. That's something that we have to do. I feel and like it's kind of stupid and arbitrary, but maybe it is. But I don't make the rules. That's right. And and especially we have to if your crime does yeah, not even right. evolve around – Clem Smith for president. You're, you're, you're or dictator. What, what Emperor you're, of the world. What you're so called, uh, so called accused of, and what you're uh, incarcerated for. Your crime doesn't evolve around it, so why should that even have to, per se, be anything towards you? A question for another podcast. Yes. Let's that's definitely that's we'll definitely come back to an issue. Yeah. yeah, we'll come back to that later on. But let's 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 stay on the friends thing. Yeah, let's see. Even uh, if, I'm just saying, even if uh, even if it's not a destructive behavior, that's where I was going with that. Was even if it's not a destructive behavior, maybe uh, marijuana is something that's good for you. I'm sure I've had lots of friends who uh, are not felons who smoke marijuana on a regular basis because you know they work real hard and that's something they like to do at the end of the day. It doesn't cause destruction, so. Maybe you're that kind of guy, but you're still going to be on probation. So if someone were to offer you marijuana or alcohol and that were to put you back in prison potentially, is that somebody you would consider a friend? I, I, I wouldn't take I – would, like, I feel like people need to learn how to take responsibility for themselves at the end of the day because you do make choices for you. You can't you blame somebody. I mean you, 
can technically blame. We're not blaming. Them. We're just talking about is that a, is that person a friend? Is that person a friend? No, no, friends, by no means. Friends you, fuck you, up too. You know what I'm saying? But we still make, make that choice. You know, we st- we still choose you who know. we consider our friends. From their perspective, it's like, oh, I really enjoy this thing, and I want to enjoy this thing with, with you. you. You're my buddy. And they're not really thinking about the fact that this could, you know, potentially put you back in a really horrible position. Right. And that leads back to the irresponsible friend. True, but you have to be responsible to let them know, like, look, I can't fuck with that. I'm on probation. Leave it alone. Please stop putting it in front of my face, because if if I end up ruining my life, like, it's on me. Absolutely. And I understand there's some circumstances of, like, extreme addiction where it's hard to take responsibility for yourself because your body is, you know, literally dependent on the substance. So you need to be isolated from all that. But even then, you should still, like... Try to check yourself into rehab and try to put yourself in more healthier environments. You can still, you still have choices in choosing your environment. Yeah. Well, no, that would be, but you're the, one of the choices may be that you don't need to hang around with somebody who's gonna yeah, put yeah. you in a situation where I mean, you're look, free yeah, to I've never been an addict. So I'm not if sure. you're on heroin and and all of your friends are doing heroin and you're trying to get off of it, then. You really need to look at getting some new friends. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, if you can take some of those friends with you, like, hey, let's go to rehab, let them, let's get ourselves together. But if they're like, nah, man, I'm still, then you're I'm actually just more or less man. beyond being a friend. Then even you have to move still, on. Even as far as you know, I've been in recovery for a long time, and uh, the, the first, if you're if you're an addict and all you hang around is addicts, the only you can't bring anyone with you. You have to get sober. The best thing you can do for any of those people that are still using is to be a uh, beacon, a light. Show them through example that you can transform your life, uh, but from a distance because uh, it's an insidious addiction, it's an insidious disease, uh, and the only the only ha- the only chance that you have is to take responsibility, like you said. But you have to avoid those people. You have to yeah. realize those people are not necessarily your friends, and maybe and at some part point they that. will be able to once they get sober. And that happens sometimes, but. And that's part of that responsibility too, though. Yeah, absolutely. All right, all right. So, let me let me ask y'all this question right here: What makes your friend your friend? All right. What what makes a friend or my friend my friend? That's correct. All right. Well, I I, I always start off by uh, discerning the fine line between friends and acquaintances because I feel like that's what really separates the two and what determines it like who I consider a friend the most and how I look at it and because uh, friends to me are, are like people who are my, my brothers my family I don't view you guys as acquaintances that you know that I'm casually you know kicking it with I really try to you know keep my friends in a small circle and everything on the outside of that small circle is usually an acquaintance. I try not to have any enemies. (laughs) So here's a purely hypothetical. You say you consider us friends, but let's say, would you say your friends wanted some cocoa? Would you withhold that cocoa from them if they were your friends? (laughs) Yes. Hypothetical. This is not, you know, not, not... You don't owe your friends everything at people out there. Let's keep well, I mean, this. Not everything. We don't want all the cocoa. They want we the would just cocoa. want some cocoa. He wants They're all the coffee. With the cocoa. <laughs> he, 
He wants all the coffee and does Ladies and gentlemen, the you're hearing it here. Nah, the friend, real friends, deal. Friends are definitely somebody you want to, you know, that, that you'd be willing to sacrifice what you have for them. Absolutely. Those are definitely your brothers, sure. not just your friends. Yeah, brother, brothers to me is like the next level of friend, you know. Because yeah, yeah. I, have, I, have, I have friends, you know, that I, that I can kick it with and I have no problem being around, you know. Like, they're not acquaintances, I don't, but they're still, you know, I consider them, like, I can trust them, you know. Yeah, well, but there's I'm... certain people you kick it harder with, you know. Certainly. That's, that's, that's a fact. There's always going to be people you connect more with than others. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I, I think the line between, you know, an acquaintance and a friend has to do with trust. The levels of trust. Right, because, like, you know... You can trust an acquaintance with some things, but you're not going to trust them with anything that's, you know, really personal or that that might be really important. Like if you really need something done, you don't you don't you, you would give it to a friend before you gave it to an acquaintance, you know, because you know that a friend is somebody that you can rely on. You you, you have trust in them. You, you have faith in that trust. And then, you know, you know, a brother or a sister is even something beyond that, you know, something more like family. But uh, and what is it, you know? that causes the trust to be developed. I mean, you know, you think about, like, when I think about, like, the closest level of friends that aren't blood-related or the closest bond that you can form, I always think back to, like, the military movies, guys that have been through war like these, yeah, yeah. you know, the or even really, realistically, struggle. prison can be viewed as that. You oh, can yeah. form yeah. bonds that you know, are so strong yeah. Yeah, through the hardship, yeah, hardship because nobody is going to really understand what is the unifying thing. Right, it, it forms bonds that, you know, that transcend, you know, something that... The, just being an acquaintance that you meet, you know, at a gas station or whatever. Like we've we've been through something together. See that? Uh, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up uh, about being in prison, having friends in prison. Uh, that was another point I was going to uh, ask about your friends in prison versus your friends at home. Is it any different? Does either one mean more to you than the other? I know uh, one thing particularly, uh, I think most people who are uh, in an incarcerated situation will also relate that they thought they had friends or people that purported to be their friends when they were on the street once they got incarcerated. Most of them seem to, to dwindle off. The ones that, uh, that, were, yeah, that just claimed, oh, you, I will die for you. You are my brother, blah, 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 blah. You hear all of this. and You get locked up and you hear silence. That's right. Mostly. But here's the question now, if, you know, I'm in a position, luckily, where I've had a couple of my friends from the street who still are riding with me, as they call it, who stay in contact, and if I need something, I can reach out to them. And I have nothing that I can give them. So to me, it's like, you know for sure that that's your friend, and we have such a close bond because of that experience. Yeah, I, I, w I wouldn't say you have nothing to give people. Well, I mean, outside. not nothing, but I mean, real, realistically, all I can give to them is just communication. I can't Love. be there for them. Absolutely, you can give them love for sure. That's and and that's really, and to me, that's what a real friend's about is more well, more or less love than trying to absolutely. receive or give something right. or anything like it, that. It, it starts with trust, but it definitely becomes fulfilled in love. Correct. You know, Action. Like you, right. you, you love your friends, you know. And see that that and that's one thing I can vouch on. Okay, I've had uh, a few friends on the street. I try to uh, stay to myself, you know, most of my life, anyways. Uh, that, of course, at, doing that at the same time leaves me with uh, 
less opportunities to knowing somebody that has um, better outlook on life than than my local people. Um, but I can also say since I have been incarcerated that probably the friends that I have accumulated while in prison and I'm going to say hell y'all three guys have probably been here more for me than the few that I've had on the street. Now yeah I still uh, I'm still able to keep in contact with a few of them. They will talk to me and stuff like that but when it really boils down to it, the friends that I have accumulated while incarcerated have been more for me than my own family and friends. Because yeah. all we have is each other here, man. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's one of those places where we, you know, going through struggle and we have that unification through that. You know, we see we're on the same kind of level, you know. Additionally, we spend an enormous amount of time with each other. Like on the street, you know, you have uh, even your best friends. Y'all have jobs and wives and girlfriends and families and other things that a lot of shit going on. Well, you're not spending all every day. I can't get away from you, motherfuckers. If I (laughs) and I tried, I tried (laughs) desperately. Tried. (laughs) Can't go back to the toilet and take a shit and without somebody saying, "Hey, yo." What you got going on? Yeah. Man, let me see my nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> and here's here's like some of the flip side of the coin is that, and I'm sure we've all experienced this heartbreak. You know, a buddy that you thought was your your, you know, you had this connection with y'all road together and things have gone well and y'all are gonna he, he's getting out and you're staying in but you know y'all are gonna stay in touch because that's your buddy and then he gets out and maybe he's. Maybe if you're lucky, you, you you get a few calls, or you you know you, you might put a little money on your books, but it, somehow that distance oftentimes it's, it's will... easier now since yeah, it, it, since yeah. technology has increased. But you know, having having been locked up a long time, like you know, before everybody had cell phones, right. or before there were a bunch of cell phones in prison, it was over with. Yeah, like when it was back back when it was just getting letters in the mail, I didn't. I didn't ever really expect to hear from people, you know. Um, and you know, they'd always, man, when I get out, I'm gonna do this I'm and I'm gonna do that. Bro. And for me, it was always kind of with a grain of salt. Yeah, I, I just kind of suspended belief and disbelief, you know. Like maybe they do, maybe they don't. Right. We'll find out. But the thing is, is like when I look back on those people, you know, they were friends to me. In that in that moment, right? You know, and they had their own things they were going through. They're like you said earlier. I think that they're no one's perfect, right? And you know, when they got out, most Might of them, them. I, I never even heard from them again. Right. But I don't. That doesn't mean to me that like that doesn't invalidate the friendship that we had. Right. Anything can happen. We're not friends now. You know, I don't. I haven't heard from these people in fucking decades. They probably forgot about me for the most part. But like. But in that moment, they were friends, and I still think of them as such, and I still kind of have that, I still have that bond with, I guess, the memory of the friendship. And I'm sure if you ran into them, they'd be like, "Oh, hey, what's happening? Oh, I mean, it's man. been a long time. That's right. Damn, Yo, you're still no in way. there. God yeah. damn. Yeah. <laughs> but but even still, time. that helps you appreciate, even though you know those those uh, heartaches that you experience from being let down. Uh, that helps you appreciate the true friends that you do have even so much more. Yeah, definitely. I, I have to say that probably in the last in the last two or three years, I've developed some friendships since I've been in, in prison that, that have continued since they've gotten released. And in large part, that's just because of the, the communications capabilities have increased. Social but, media. 
Thank God. Thank you, Zuckerberg. Yeah, how much is that, though? How much? The almighty Zuckerberg. naughty piece of shit. There's good and bad. Everything's got the good and the bad. Yeah, I'm just kidding. We love you, Mark. Yeah, right. Please fund us a little bit, maybe. Don't blast us with your satellite laser. I want I want kind of want to jump back to the point of uh, of trust, you know, I, I, and why why that matters so much. And well, uh, trust is a very big issue. I know, I know, I know, and it's especially in here. And, and is why and, and and why that determines friendship so much. Because I feel like where where does that mistrust come from? And I feel like fear fear of the unknown. And I and that it fear makes me, in large part comes from experience, like. Yes, I've been shit on a bunch of times. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I've had, I started out when I came to prison. I was, I was green. I was super gullible. I didn't, you know, I, I treated, yeah, I too. expected, I held everybody to the standard that I held myself, and I thought that everybody did that. And so, you know, I was open and honest, and man, I got scammed out of so much shit that it just, it, it caused me to, you know, withhold. I trusted everybody immediately, but mm-hmm. you can only get burned so many times before you realize that you shut yourself off and you have to develop some sort of uh, defense mechanism. Yeah. It, it, and, at the very least, you have to vet. And your I friends. feel like you know, I feel friends like should be vetted. They should be held to a standard. The only reason I brought that up is because I want to say that, you know, do you feel like we shouldn't show everybody love? No, you know? I, I don't think that. I think you can still love someone without trusting them. Yeah, I mean that's actually. That's actually a, a, a more deep measure of love. Like, if you know you can't trust this person, but you love them anyway, and you... But a lot the of trick people is, don't do that, though, you know what I'm saying? No, nah. and, and you, you shouldn't... You can't hold everybody to the standard that you hold yourself. Here's no, the problem you can wrong hope, with our world now. You can hope for that standard in them, and you can you can try to help build that standard for them. Yeah. I just feel like that should be the norm, but the opposite is the norm for most people. I feel like most people mistrust so much and to maybe, the point maybe so. where it creates hatred. You know, and, and that's But it. all we can do, like you said earlier, we have to take responsibility for ourselves. That's the only yeah, person yeah, all we, we can, can do is control. Do, yeah. Is just ourselves. do you, bro. Hold yourself to the ideal standard. Straight up, Sean. And you being the that, beacon I, of light will shine and lead others to that same ideal. Yeah. yeah. See, see, that's see, that's always been my problem. That's the reason why I stayed myself on the street because I had big trust issues. Why? Because when I was growing up, there was always somebody out there out to get something from somebody. They want to take. They call it, They they say, hey, "Oh, you're my friend," but yet. They want you to do this and do that. They have ulterior motives. Yeah, they call you brother, but every time they talk to you, they ask you for something. Something's wrong with that. You know, like we can't have a conversation without you trying to get something from me. I just always wonder how deep empathy should go. Empathy should be absolute. Sympathy, you should be very careful of. You know, empathy is kind of a neutral stance. It's a it's a stance of understanding. I understand how you feel. Yeah, so if somebody's trying to rob you, you know what I'm saying, should you be empathetic towards that person? You can be empathetic without relinquishing your whatever it is they're trying to rob you. There's yeah, a, you can be you empathetic can without the being reason sympathetic. that they are behaving that like, way. Like, I can understand that person. Sure, you yeah, should. Cause you should. At least here's what might be do. hard, but I think you should reach for that perspective, even if it takes you years after that. That you, it still should be something you should strive for. 
it's been helpful for me in seeing that type like people who have just reprehensible character that do terrible things. What's been helpful for me to be able to have compassion towards those people and develop empathy towards those people is to think back because all children start out innocent and good. Adolescent, you know, there was some sort of terrible set of circumstances and conditioning that occurred, rather through whether it was through uh, things that they put themselves in or just things that just what way they were brought up that caused them to have an enormous amount of pain done to them that caused them to develop the character and the attributes that they have. That now at some point there's still personal responsibility, but you can at least think of that person as that scared. Know, hurt, taking advantage of a child that calls them to be and behave the way that they do. And that can help you start to have that, that little breaking open of your heart that will allow you to feel compassion. That doesn't mean that, though, also, uh, that just because you have compassion for someone doesn't mean that you make yourself a victim and that they can take advantage of you. You can still have you dignity. still stand yourself. up for yourself. Absolutely. Um, the, the, thing about, the thing about trust is, like, if, if, you have, if you have somebody in your life that you love, um, and you know, like for instance, as an example, I've got somebody in my life, I'm not going to say who, that I know is a very greedy person. Like they've, you know, they've cut a lot of people out of their lives. Burned a lot of bridges. Yeah, they've burned that. a lot of bridges, you know, trying to gain advantages. You know, it, it made me realize that I love this person, but I can't trust them with everything in every kind of situation. And so, like, I have to just understand the amount of freedom that I can give them over certain situations and what I can't give them. You know, what I can trust them with and what I can't trust them with. You kind of just have to work with people's limitations and understand... You have to understand the person that they are, and that, that requires empathy. You have to be able to empathize with that person and know what drives them and what their limitations are and what their, you know, what their failings are, but accept them anyway and, and, and try to love them. Um, and you know what we talked on a second ago about the robbery um, in 2010 when they took the cigarettes off the store, I had saved up you know every week i'd buy a couple of packs and i'd stash them back and then when they finally took them off the store you know i was selling them because i was like i'm gonna get i'm i'm gonna buy a phone you know and that was the only way i could get the money up at the time and so i made sacrifices for a couple of months but i ended up you know selling all my cigarettes and i got the phone and uh you know i i started meeting people you know i made i made some new friends online and i started talking to girls and i built a couple of relationships over the next two or three months and then one day uh after chow i came back after eating and got the phone out and uh you know i was texting my girlfriend at the time and all of a sudden somebody snatched the phone out of my hands and i look up and it's this dude from the southern dorm and uh you know needless to say we ended up fighting over it and, you know it was him and another dude they jumped me and um i won the fight but they got away with the phone and you know, then they came in and, you know, they kind of realized that the guards realized that there had been a scuffle going on. So they came in and, you know, I was bleeding a little bit. So they, they ended up putting me on investigation. And then they ended up, when I got out of the hole, they moved me to another dorm. And I'd been in this other dorm for three years and I had friends in that dorm. Mm -hmm. And so, like, this person that I didn't know had cost me, you know, this 
this thing that I'd been saving up for for months and these relationships that I had developed over the phone and then the relationships that I had developed in, in the location that I was in. I lost all of that, um, you know, because of this, these two dudes and their greed. And, like, I was fucking pissed about that for a long time. Right. But the interesting thing is, is that as mad as I was, all of this happened after I had kind of had my... You know, my, my coming unto myself, my self-realization, you know, and I was still kind of floating on that, that cloud that I told you about where I couldn't really, like, it was hard for me to differentiate between myself and other people and stuff to a certain degree because I saw myself in them. And having that perspective, especially at that time, like, I was mad at them, but I realized that on another degree, like, they were you. Yeah, they were I me. I, I, I was them, and they were they were just kids, you know, and they were yeah. just doing what they thought was cool, and they thought that they'd came up on an advantage, and, um, you know, it fucking sucked, but I forgave them. I was still mad at them. And it helped you let go. It did. It did. It helped me let go. And I ended up getting moved back to my dorm and reunited with all my friends and... Got another phone. Fuck those kids. Got another phone, <laughs> guys. You know... Oh, no, no, no. No, I didn't. Not until uh, years later, I guess. But Eventually. It's another, it's another story. <laughs> All right. Well, let, me, let me ask you a question real quick. You know, and this, this is going to fall back on an old saying. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. What would be, whoever wants to take over this, what would, in your terms, what, what would that mean to you? Because would that friend actually be a type of... Uh, the enemy be a type of friend if you're going to keep them closer I think you need to know your enemy you know and to know them you have to be able to empathize with them and so in a way you need to know your enemy as well as you know yourself and so you kind of have to love them to understand them so would that mean that you would actually if you kept your enemies closer than your friends so that, does that mean that you actually trust the enemy more than you would your friend would it be because you can trust that they don't have your best interest in, at heart, and that's really what you're locking into. You, you you trust that you can't trust them. You understand their motivations, and those motivations right. are selfish. And if you understand what their motivations are, it can be easier to nullify any negative effects that may come from um, interacting with those people. You, you you start out with low expectations, you know. But empathize, but but empathizing with your enemies and knowing them, and ex you know knowing what to expect from them. Like, does that mean you should plot back against them? No, I'm I'm not of the mind of uh, retribution Be before. Not even in a retributive kind of way, but in a preemptive way. In a preemptive defensive well, way. That's kind of what you're doing. Like you know when attack is coming. Enemy. You know, if you can prevent that attack without having to attack yourself, then yeah, that's massive. What, what if violence was the only answer? You know what I mean? Well, like I mean, in live, live or die, violence I'm is a, your look, only answer. I'm a pragmatic person. In a live or die situation, I'm going to go for living because I plan on living for fucking ever. <laughs> so. And those genes. The next Dracula. It, it comes to that. genes to have. Darwinism, you know, you know, I, survival I, of the fittest. That's, that's I, I promote I peace, but if you bring me war, I will go to I will kill a motherfucker. Nice. I mean, I, I will do everything in my power to keep it below that threshold. But if it's life or death, 
If it's kill or be killed. Tread lightly, but carry a big stick. Yeah. Like Wendell and Roosevelt. Don't let somebody kill you. He just dropped a quote. <laughs> nice sound effects. I might throw in an actual sound effect right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, in we, another we one right now. We're getting the horn. I'm doing it. Here's another old thing. So you, you spoke on a second ago that Here's another thing that we talked about how you should get friends. Because sometimes people you know, how do you, everybody wants to have friends. But how do you get friends? And uh, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Dale Carnegie. Uh, but the best way to get friends is to actually be a friend. Yeah. And so, what are some of the things that you guys can think about? You know, things that you can do to be a good friend. What are the things? Well, I can tell you this right here. I do not. Uh, I do not make friends by uh, playing pity pad with them. Now, uh, on, 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 that's good. That's very good. That's he good does butt jack. We, we, we don't sit around and play patty cake. Circle patty jerk. It's <laughs> the only way to truly circle, be a friend. Circle jerk. Circle jerk. And one pee pee touch. No, um, no, on a real level, the, the, the only way I make friends is... Uh, Why did you just grab my leg? That's hey, the question I, I want to I, I was just He's trying to make friends. It, okay. <laughs> trying to make friends. Okay. You just hey. my ass. I don't know. Hey, just, just forget about it. All right, but uh, on, on a real note, um, the way that I usually am capable of making a friend is um, first, I mean, I just sit back and observe. Uh, I want to find out who's the realest of the realest and and who's uh, who's mostly bullshit. Um, and, and, of course, it is hard because... It, it, and a lot of times uh, you might make that mistake because somebody that looks like they may be real and cool and kick it could really be some major bullshit. Um, but, again, I just sit back in reserve and, uh, and I slowly just creep in, you know, see what I can do for somebody. Um, and not as far as just, like, help or anything. Maybe, maybe just give a little knowledge or some input, sit around talk, uh, see what they got on their mind, you know. Um, and and just let the progression just take over from there. You gotta be mindful of other people's, you know, emotional state. Really, like you can tell when somebody's, well, you can tell when most people are down or whatever. Like people seem to think I'm sad all the fucking time. Like, hey, buddy, are you okay? But I'm just sitting there thinking about nachos or something. But yeah, yeah. but most people, you can tell, you know, when they're sad. But everyone looks a little depressed when you're thinking about nachos and you can't have any. Mm-hmm. We don't have. If we could true. just go get some nachos, can we get a world's smallest violin for no nachos? <laughs> <laughs> Sound of. say that right there okay it's like earlier I've, I've been around you for a couple of years now and uh or, or right at that uh couple year mark and uh and i know that you stare off in space but earlier like i said a little like something hitching the nose wrong like maybe it was bad fart or something you just sit there would you no i was just thinking about past farts that you farted on it <laughs> it's like oh god <laughs> terrible I'll never be able to give him that one again. <laughs> Damn it. That nosebleed of a fart. If I could just get that one fart back. <laughs> uh, I, I think really what it what it takes to be a good friend is really just to be aware of, you know, the state that they're in. Like, 
know if they're... You know what's the norm and what's not the norm with your right, friends. Right, exactly. And, like, you need to be able to interpret what they need in the moment. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and to have that, you know, it, it, I, ultimately, you know, it all comes back to empathy for me. I think empathy is the key to the fucking universe. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think also some other um, principles that are guiding lights for true friendship is loyalty, obviously. If, um, yeah. you know, ha- having someone's best interest at heart generosity of time and resources, you know, and really just being willing to sacrifice with, you know, something, some, I put, put myself in a position where I'm losing something so that somebody else can gain something. You know? Yeah. Uh, if I'm willing to have them enjoy their experience a little more. Emotional availability, you know, I'm willing yeah. to, to be there for that person and not think about myself and, you know, and just be willing to be with that person. You got a best friend? I do have a best friend. You got a best friend? Yeah. Yes. You got a best friend? Not you guys. Certainly not, not you guys. Not you <laughs> But yeah. I got all uh, three of you. I chose all three of you <laughs> for my best friend. Hey. <laughs> hey. I got, a, I, got, I got two best friends, you know. And, of course, one's going to be more of a best friend than another because that, was, that would be the person that I actually have an intimate relationship with. Um, Clem. Hey. What? Hey. 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 <laughs> I mean, I got, I got, I got a homeboy best friend. You know, he's been there for me. And also yeah. intimate relationship. Yeah, not really. Okay, dude. Yeah. I mean, we're we're uh, <laughs> we we're a progressive guy, podcast you know? here. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? We support all the letters. We don't judge. So SpongeBob, but, uh, Sponge. I got a best friend. Then I got my bestest best friend. You know, you know, my lady friend. She, uh, she, she be my ride die chick. And, you know, I feel like that you got to have that relationship. And even at a friend or a relationship, anybody that you know, do you really know that person? Everybody thinks that they know somebody or they're getting to know someone. All you know is anything that's happened in the past. You'll never know exactly what is truly happening in the present. No matter if they tell you, you won't really know. I don't think you can. You, I don't think you can uh, know anyone completely, but there can be degrees to how well you know someone, and ultimately that goes back to trust and, and um, what people are willing to show. You know, because um, everybody has different masks that they wear depending on what situation they're in and who they're around. You know, you might respond one way with your buddies and another with your girlfriend and another with your grandmother. Yeah, I wear that Halloween mask all the time, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I thought that was your face. <laughs> hey, uh, hey! You just constantly look like Michael Myers. Hey, that, hey that's a good guy, man. I like him. But, uh, Mike Myers is a funny character. <laughs> Mr. Green, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be here for just a few more minutes. I know, right? Um, would you guys say that it's easier or harder to make friends in prison rather than on the outside? Uh, it's really could... a 50-50 chance because it depends on who's trying to be an asshole and who's really trying to be there for somebody. Depends what I'm involved in on the street. I don't know. You know what, I, you know what I'll say definitely about that? I will say that I have made friends with people in prison that I never would have made friends with on the street right right because the, the the pool of people that you have to make friends with is so much smaller and so it kind of forces you to like 
you know, like get outside said, your comfort zone, like right? Your interest zone, exactly, and, and get you talking to people that you, that you never would have acknowledged in another type of situation. Um, but on the outside, you've got like a wider pool of people to pick from, but you actually have less time to get to know those people. And kind of more specified, like you, you might go to the gym, and you might go, you know, you, you play sports or. Right. MMA the, or the, the, even though the pool is bigger, the variety seems to it's be. It's going to be musicians. If you're a musician, you're going to hang out with musicians. Right, exactly. It depends what you do. Absolutely. But I've also met a good fair share of people on social media on the street. You know, I've made good friends. I mean, through making uh, music. Um, that you've never even maybe met, or you ended up meeting. No, that I've that, I, that I've never met in person, and that we just built an established. You know, a well-grounded relationship, just constantly talking to each other online. Yeah, I definitely don't feel like that you have to uh, actually meet that person to be a friend with that person. I've got friends across the globe that uh, I have never met in person that I actually sit uh, sit down and chill with, play video games and stuff like that, and uh, we've only met over the wire. I mean, ultimately, it's about availability, you know, emotional availability. Like if, if it's somebody that you've never even met before, or spoken to on the phone, or somebody that you text on messenger or whatever you know if if when you're feeling down and you vent to them and they make themselves available and you know give advice or try to lift you up or make you laugh or you know whatever i would say that person's a friend listening to your your rough day yeah. whatever sometimes fill the role of like a therapist or counselor right i mean i i would definitely agree that like face-to-face -face interaction or, you know, healthier, it, it's, it's superior in a lot of ways, I you know, agree. being able to touch somebody and to read facial expressions, and, you know, get Skype and shit too on the street as well. Yeah. There I, are I, limitations you know, to it though. Like, for instance, like, you know, would you rather get a video visit from your family or would you rather them come to visitation? Um, I, I, the reason why I say there's a difference in that is because you're so separated from your family in here. But some people are so separated from everyone outside, especially with coronavirus. Like, some people are never going to leave the house again. Like People who are at risk. Yeah, or there's, there's members of my family who are medically at risk. And grandparents. They can't go anywhere. Right. They right. can't have a bunch of people over anymore. Yeah. And so I, I know for sure that they're, they're really missing that face-to-face that -face social interaction and the, the physical contact. See, I would say it'd be easier if you never had a uh, a personal uh, physical inter interaction with a person when you became friends with them. It, it, it's not that big of a deal like it would be when you're uh, closest family. I mean, it's like uh, I'll I'll tell you this: I got a couple of friends in uh, Canada um, and some more throughout towards the West Coast and everything. We have never met in person before in my life. And I have contacted them on social media. They know that I'm in prison, and yet they still talk to me. They want to make sure I'm okay. They want to make uh, want to know when I'm getting out. They want to play uh, video games again. And if I wanted to, if I had the chance, and I've had more than enough opportunity to even meet these people, and even with me being in prison, they would still meet me, even knowing my nature of my crime. Yeah. But then there's people that I've already knew and met personally on the street. You give two shits about me. Yeah, just kicked you to the curb. Yeah, it's bullshit. And you know that just weeds out who's a friend and who's not a friend at the end of the day. And they're not. They might be something more than acquaintances and something less than enemies. But you know, they're just people that you know. Right. 
see, there's there's one thing that I can say, you know, um, and and people can take this either with a grain of salt, and and I know it's kind of hard because a lot of people say, yeah, I've heard it so many times. Um, see, when I get out of here, there's 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 a few people that I will stay in contact with, and I do expect to meet up with a. Uh, like just for instance, uh, say you three guys right here, um, I would very much be willing to meet up with y'all guys when we get on the street. You know, workout session, hacky sack session, uh, just kick it, maybe sit back, drink a few beers or something, shoot some pool, go hacky swimming. Sack, what? Just what? kick it. Yeah. Hey, All chain gang things. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, maybe make a pocket or whip a Bombay. You know. Yeah, you know, just bring back the old days. You know what I'm saying? Nah, not but, those days. We ain't whipping no fucking <laughs> My kidney is still twitching from the last one. All right, but um, but when it comes down to it, you know, there's I have I have only a chosen few, and uh, chosen one. That's right. I'm coming. And you know, uh, and you three guys, I'd be more than willing to kick it with you on the street, even when you're in here, and I go home. Until y'all do leave, yeah, I, there's a and way I want to be able to kick it with y'all anymore. No, no. See, never going to hear from then me. Then I'm going to be self-absorbed and that's, you know that's get the lost in my own bullshit. Between me and everybody else, and not only can I say that, but I will show that, you know, versus other people. And you know, when I say I do something, I'll do it. If I'm not able to, I'm going to tell you I'm not able to. And if I'm not guaranteed, I'm going to say I'm trying to do my best. I'm not going to make a promise that I know I can't keep. And see, that's, some, that's and that's a lot of people people's problem this day and time, friends, family, whatever whatever it is to you, they try to make a promise, and they're not able to keep it. But does that hurt? Yeah. A real friend's gonna keep it real at the end of the day. They're not gonna tell you half truths. That's it. And their actions to make you feel better their about actions it. Reveals the truth of their friendship. You know. See what. What what is one? What, all right, I, let me ask y'all this real quick. What is one trait that uh that you think uh a, a person knows about you that makes you a friend? Like me, I'll I'll say this for instance. I'm gonna tell you how it is, the way it is. Not shoot your shit. Not gonna lie about it. Honest. I think I think that's I think that's why people kick it with me. I have no fucking idea why anybody likes me. <laughs> I bore the shit out of myself. If I could get away from me, I surely would. <laughs> you tried, in fact. <laughs> I've tried. But I'm, I'm stuck with me for now. See, and I, so are you guys. Yeah. And see, By I, your own choosing. There's though. worse people we could be stuck with. So. See, with you, I, I, I can relate to you because you're a mellow person. You're kickback. You're, that's, you that's just don't true. cause no drama. No, 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 no problems. Right. I am speechless about it. Yeah, that's true. I mean... It Hold on, let, let me move I'm away because Clem's head is getting so large right now. Yeah. We're going to need to give it some space to grow. But, um, I just, you know, I have, I have my, my picks and my choose. I kick, uh, kick with people and then I kick with people more than those people. And, uh, and I know a lot of people like think that I'm an asshole to them. And yeah, I may, maybe, maybe I am. Just a little bit. That is, yeah, because, because it's most certainly true. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Mr. Uh, Fuck You hurts. Yeah, Look, this guy wanted me to introduce him as Mr. Fuck, Fuck You Man. That's right. <laughs> Fuck You Man. I'm that guy. You know? First, last, and he middle. Is, Most definitely not that couple. guy. I am that guy. He is really trying to convince himself that he is that a fucking guy. Hey. The Fuck You Man. Fuck hey. You Man. Everything says Fuck, Fuck you, you, don't. you, man. Fuck You. 
But uh, so if you listen to this, send out some love to him. He needs a hug. He really needs a hug. On the thirty second of February. <laughs> you bastards. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but I, I I vote that everybody uh everybody have at least one friend in their life and talk to them. Don't do nothing stupid out there. We got enough stupid shit going on this day and time. No more rights. Quit letting these somebody get the best of us. Find your friend. Know that friend. Love that friend. Be that friend. Wise words from I'm Mr. A, I'm going to throw a, a bomb drop sound effect right there. Just like this standing dick. ovation. So, was that your closing thought? Well, I guess that means it's time to wrap it up. Closing uh, thoughts? Mr. Green, thanks for joining. Max B. Does anybody you know, else always, have a closing thought? I'm fucking speechless. Okay, I just want to say uh, this. I'm still burning in the napalm from that fucking... That if you guys have no <laughs> friends, remember, Jesus is your homeboy. There you go. Jesus? Yes. <laughs> Not the one from the Bible, the guy from the, blo- the, the, the Mexican over. guy behind the Home Depot. <laughs> CB4. <laughs> CB4. <laughs> Peace. Later. <laughs>